Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, welcome. We're going to be talking on righteousness, man. That's a subject uh, you don't hear about in churches as much, but but we need to talk about it and, 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 and actually understand what righteousness means. A lot of people... The How we're made righteous. Yeah, we're made righteous. And, in the, and the scripture says in Corinthians, he who knew no sin referring to Jesus, was made sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ. So a lot of people hear the word righteous and they don't, like righteous, I, I don't righteous, I don't feel righteous. Well, righteousness, Scripture says we have a robe of righteousness. We put on righteousness, meaning we're put on Christ. And you got to really get a greater understanding of what it means to be righteous. And again, you were made righteous. You didn't do anything. Right. You didn't do anything. You can't. And it's back to works again, Richard. You can't work for righteousness. It, Our it, righteousness is as filthy rags. Right. It, it, but this one is a free gift right here. And you get it when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, when you accept the redemptive works of Christ at Calvary. Righteousness just comes on you and overtakes you. And, and, and it's, it's a force. And it and makes so you. As, so when God looks at us, He sees Jesus' righteousness. Here it God. is, right there. Now, just before the broadcast, we were talking about mindsets, and you know, and growing up in certain environments. And when you're coming out, we were talking about the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. You know, 400 years in bondage. So we're going to say 400 years of, of slave mentality programming. And if you're a master and you have slaves, you're going to keep those slaves subordinate. So you're going to continue to influence them to believe that you're superior and they're inferior. And that will, that's what was happening with the children of Israel. They were slaves for 400 years. That was generational slavery. So that's all they knew. So when God was delivering them from Egypt and taking them to the promised land, but he had them to go to a pit stop. And that pit stop, I like to refer to the wilderness as the pit stop. Well, in that pit stop, God was going to, start the transformation process because he had to, remember they got out of Egypt, but he had to get Egypt out of them. And again, we understand a lot of them. It was hard to get it out of them. And, and um, I'm going to fast forward a little. And the Lord was mad at that angry at that people. And he says, okay, anybody 20 and over is not going to the promised land. Just your children are. Cause remember now these children, they were, Pretty much wasn't, they probably was born in slavery, but they, they were easier to work with. So what he says, youngsters are, remember, Jesus said, you know, come to him like a child. So children are more acceptable to change than people who are set in their ways. And we say that about old folk. Oh, they just set in their ways. Well, they are. But God desires to, to, to transform us by the renewing of our minds. And we have to understand that we were made righteous. And then we got to find out what is righteous? What is it? What does it mean to be righteous? And you get that out of scriptures. 
And with that said, I just turned my Bible to Romans chapter 10. And look what Paul said in Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel. Now, I'm just going to say God's people because we're God's people today. Look, is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So a lot of people, Christians, they've not submitted to the righteousness of God and, and, and walk in that righteousness. Again, just before the broadcast, we was talking about, you know, you're referring to this football player and how some of the, he's an African-American and so how some of the other African-American players basically was considering him a sellout because he gets along with the establishment. Right. They were saying he wasn't black enough. Right, right. And he just probably on the inside, because that's where real dominion comes from the inside, from your spirit. When you know who you are and you walk in that authority of who you are, we're going to say righteousness in this case, people that don't have an understanding of that or ignorant to that, they're going to have that crabs in a bucket mentality. And they want to pull you down, back down to their level and have you speaking and having your conversation like theirs but not understanding that God is a God of increase. He wants to take you. Remember, we go from faith to faith to glory to glory. He said, though your present be small, yet your latter years so greatly increase. God wants to increase you in the knowledge of him. He wants to increase you in the knowledge of you being righteous. Jesus took on our sin and we became righteous. I mean, he took what we had and deserved and gave us what right. he had. See, our the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. See, what happened with Adam and Eve, they sinned. They realized they sinned. Then they grabbed fig leaves and tried to cover it up. People are still doing that today. Not Covering with, it up. Huh? Not with a real fig leaf, but with giving. They give to the poor, so they think that'll cover their sin. They do some charitable work. They think that'll cover their sin. They try to be good. They try to do more good than bad, and they think that will cover their sin. We can't cover our own sin with anything any more than Adam and Eve could cover their sin with their fig leaf. Our sin can only be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what makes us righteous. It's not anything we do. I was just thinking, uh, I remember when I first got saved, uh, when I got born again, got saved in 1999, uh, I was led to uh, Dr. Creflo Dollar through uh, Trinity Broadcast Network, TBN, Christian Television. And I seen this this African-American guy, and he was just giving it up. He was revelating scripture, and I was like, wow, who's this guy? But he was doing a, a teaching series on the righteousness of God. And God must have knew what I needed because I had a rocky road behind me before I got saved. We all, we all were ex-something, and I was an ex-something too. But uh, I was led to, to, to watch this teaching, which lasted probably three months. He taught on He taught on the subject of righteousness. It was called the righteousness of God. And I watched it every day for three months, and then I ordered the the tape series, and I listened to it for a whole year. And, and just a little sound bite out of that, he said he was talking about how people try to work for righteousness. And he said one day he was, it was a Friday after work, and he went in his bedroom. He told his wife, don't bother me. I'm going to be in here praying to God to get more righteous. And he said, well, and he went in his bedroom and closed the door, but his wife started making some spaghetti. And all of a sudden, he started smelling that spaghetti coming in under the door. And he is, you know how it is when that aroma of some good soul food is coming out. She probably was cooking some fried chicken too, Richard, with that spaghetti. <laughs> you know how blood folk, we, we uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm joking around. But anyway, but anyway, she was cooking and uh, he said, 
he started smelling the aroma of spaghetti and he was getting hungry, but he was praying. He's in there trying to become more righteous. And he said, God, and God, he heard the spirit say, what are you doing? He said, I'm in here praying, trying to become more righteous. And the spirit of the Lord says, you are already righteous. You can't become no more righteous than you already is. I, I've made you righteous. Now get your butt up and go on out there and eat some of that spaghetti with your wife. <laughs> and again, we try to, like you said, work for righteous. Right. You can't work for it. it it's a gift. You just got to receive God's righteousness and understand that's who you are and allow that force of righteousness just to to flow in well, your see, life. You know, it, to go back to the fig leaf thing, they, they took fig leaves and they tried to make clothes. They tried to cover up their nakedness. Yeah. Righteousness, as in some ways, is almost like a blanket that right. comes around us, and it's the righteousness of Jesus so that when God looks at you, he doesn't see you, he doesn't see your righteousness, he sees Christ's righteousness. And I love that analogy you just gave because you can't be any more righteous than Christ's righteousness. Right. That, that's all there is. <laughs> that's it. But the biggest problem, going back to, you know, we were looking at Galatians chapter 3 for a while, and he tells the church in Galatia, who has bewitched you? Why do you want to go back to the law? This happens to Christians too. We're, we're made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're, we're made right in the sight of God through the righteousness of Christ. And yet somehow we think there's more we have to do, just like that guy. We, somehow we need to be more righteous. You can't be more righteous than God has already made you. Well, because Jesus is the righteous one. And if you're, the scripture says we're covered with a robe of righteousness. Jesus gave us the robe, and he's the king of kings. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He, gave us, he took off his robe and put it over us. So when right. God sees us, he sees us covered. So when we look at each other, we still see the imperfections and everything in each other. Well, but God looks at us. But you know what? Christ we we shouldn't because in 2 Corinthians, I believe 1 Corinthians, you say, know ye no man after the flesh. And right before he said that, right after he said that, he says, you're new creations in Christ. You're ambassadors for Christ. But previous to that, he says, know ye no man after the flesh. Now he's talking to believers, Christians, the righteous ones. He said, now... From this point on, I want you to see, especially people who are in the household of faith, people who have been saved, I want you to see them like I see them, like Christ sees them, like I see you. And, and, and I want you to see other people like that too, because you have a mandate to go and disciple them and lead them back to the Father too. So don't look at their sin. And that's why Jesus, oh man, Jesus did a bad job of, uh, of uh, what they say that, shunning the very appearance of evil. Because he was hanging out with prostitutes, tax collectors, and everybody else. Yeah, I know. That, that messed you up over there. He did. He did a, a very poor job at it. Uh, shunning the very pins that is. Well, because he saw, he saw people like the father saw him, lost sheep. That's how he saw him, lost sheep. Right. And he said the harvest was plentiful. That's how he saw things out of those lenses. So he knew God's desire was to reconcile people back to him. So when he came to those people, he didn't come and bring up all they past or they present. You know, he talked to the woman at the well. He, you know, revealed some things to her concerning who, you know, who he was. But he said, yeah, you ain't married and you had seven husbands and a guy you're living with one now, basically. But he wasn't going around condemning. He was loving people and he was seeing people through the lenses of God. And that's what he tells us to know you no man after the flesh. So when we interact or encounter people. We, especially Christians, spirit-filled Christians, Christians that are knowledgeable, we should see people as lost souls. 
And our job is to let our light so shine because we're the salt of the world, the, the worth, salt of the earth, <laughs> the light of the world. So we should be doing that. And, and uh, remember, I think last time we talked about the characteristics of salt. You know, it, it flavors. It's a preservative and it's everywhere. And it makes people thirsty. People should be thirsty just like they were for Jesus when they see us because we didn't come condemning. We came to redeem and reconcile and make disciples like God told all of us to do, not just for the pastors, because the pastor's job is to equip the saints to go do and be ministers of reconciliation. So, again, that's how Jesus did it. I've, I've talked to people, you know, about witnessing or about inviting people to church, and they'll say, I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. I, there's nobody that I can talk to because I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. Number one, they probably know a lot of people that aren't Christian. They just don't know it. And number two, if that's literally true. If they just you don't, don't associate with nobody. If you <laughs> don't Christian. know anybody that's not a Christian, you need to get out of your bubble. Because Jesus didn't just hang out with the disciples. He went out where the people were. He went out where there were people that were sinners. And he purposely did it. He didn't just hang out. He could have easily said, hey, you guys. We're going up top of this mountain. We're never leaving because we don't want to associate with none of those sinners. Right, we're going to stay up here, and you guys go get them, sneak down there and get some and bring them back up. <laughs> right. And we'll, we'll prostatize them here. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, his whole goal was to go out amongst sinners. It was the sick that needed a doctor, not the well. Right. And right. yet too many Christians today act as if we only want to deal with people that are all right. We only want to deal with Christians. We don't want to deal with anybody that might have a problem. You talk about being a fisher of men. I, I read once where a guy said, you know what? We want to catch our fish already clean, gutted huh? and cleaned and ready for the market. No, catching fish is dirty business sometimes. Yes, it and is. And you got to get in there and realize that you're going to have to associate and should, in fact, want to associate with people that don't know Jesus so that they can learn. Who Jesus is. And here, look at this here scripture. I'm going to back up a little in Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. And just before that, my subtype title says this, Christ in our place. And that's what we were talking about with righteousness, Christ in our place. Look what it says, verse 6. Romans 5, verse 6. For when we, put your name in there, were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. I guess that'd be me too. For sake for sacredly, a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ died for the ungodly. And we, you know, all here's the big secret. We were all ungodly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's filthy rags. And again, we... Well, you know, earlier you said something about your rough and rowdy past. Maybe... Somebody else's sin wasn't as visible, maybe, as something that you did or I did, but we all have it. We're all on the same level. There you go. In God's eyes, same level. And that's the way we need to see Jesus. Scripture says Jesus looked out the, at the multitude, and he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And we tend to, as Christians, a lot of times look at people and condemn them. Not right, right. We're not having compassion. Well, that's one of the fruits of the Man, Spirit. They, they made their bed. Let them lay in it. Yeah, he said he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then he always uh, declared the harvest was plentiful, but the workers are few. So he said, pray to the Lord of harvest that he will send workers out into the field. Workers out into the field is your workplace, the marketplace, wherever you are 
in your yeah, day. That field is where you live. Right. And it's where your pastor ain't either because, you know, the pastor's doing his thing in his 24-hour day, Monday through Saturday, and you are too. Well, see, so I tell people all the time, I'm going to see people they're never going to see. They're going to see people that I'm never right. going to see. Now, now, remember, we're salt and we're light. So when we encounter these people, let's just be salt and be right, light and, and stand in our righteousness and let others know, hey, you can get some of this too. I was listening to one of my other pastor friends, Bill Winston. He was talking about the fruit of the spirit. He said, you know, when you get born again, that fruit is all, it comes in you, in your spirit. And, and, and the fruit of the spirit is the opposite of the works of the flesh. <laughs> fruit of the spirit is supposed to taste good. So when people bite your apple, they supposed to, you're supposed to taste good to them. You know, you shouldn't encounter a Christian and they're ugly. They're still operating out of the works of the flesh, hatred, dissension and, and all those works of the flesh that it talks about in Galatians. That shouldn't be you. Cause you die to that. And your life is now in Christ Jesus. And again, you have to understand you are righteous. Now you're like Christ. We're, we're Jesus's hands and feet on the earth. We're the part of the body of Christ. So when people encounter Christians, they're going to, they're supposed to encounter Christ. So if we're being all ugly and nasty and operating out of the flesh, what do you think they're going to think about the church? Yeah, we're supposed to be letting our light so shine. And what do you think they're going to think about Christ? Right, because we're his body. Yeah, what they, and so if they think about what they're going to think about Christ, what are they going to think about God? Because we're God's representatives. We're ambassadors for Christ. So we have to get a greater revelation or understanding of walk in your righteousness and be who God says you are and just continue to do that and don't get mad. Remember, the scripture says, follow the footsteps of Jesus. Don't get upset with people when they say who you think you are. They told Jesus who you think you are. Aren't you just a carpenter's son? And Jesus, you know, he could have got mad at him and say, you know, no, I'm this and got a big fight with him. He just, I'll show you who I am. Right. He didn't do none of that. So you have to realize that the Bible says the devil's called the accuser of the brethren. And his job is to accuse the church, the body of Christ, not the building, day and night. Of just bad things. Last that's, that's few weeks job. in church, we've been looking at some of the promises of God, mm-hmm. and you talk about the devil being the accuser of the brethren. Romans chapter eight, verse one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, you that know that is a promise. We don't often think of that as a promise. That is actually a promise of God. There's no condemnation for us, and so the devil he can accuse us all he wants, but it doesn't well, work. Well, and, and that's a promise because that comes with righteousness. No right. condemnation. There's no condemnation. It comes with now. it. Right. But so see, the, to, the, there's promises like that in the Bible that we don't always see as a promise. That is a promise. Yeah. God's not going to change his mind. There, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those. Yeah, he ain't going to change his mind once he declared you righteous. Now I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to declare you unrighteous right. now. And No, I'm always righteous. And we're saved by grace through faith until we get there. And he says, oh, I changed my mind. It's all by works now. No, uh-huh. he never changes See, his we got to understand our position. Our position once we get saved, born again, our position now is in Christ. Remember? We're in Christ. And Christ is in us. And that's. You know, unless you renounce Christ, Christ you, the hope of glory. yeah, unless you renounce him, that that remains forever. Now, you can still operate, you know, in the works of the flesh. You can still try to do your right, own righteousness. Right, but you, and you won't get the benefits of being in the kingdom. You won't get anywhere. Yeah, you're being, you know, you're still a child of God. You just won't get the benefits. And we break it down in this 
broadcast just by with parents and children. You know, you can still live in my house. You just can't go anywhere. You're grounded. I'm still going to feed you. I'm still going to clothe you. But I'm going to cut back on your allowance. So you're not getting all the benefits of being a Hoyt or a Haney, but you're still in the family. So if I want all the full benefits of being a child of God and walking my righteousness, I need to, like they say, as it went in Rome, do as the Romans. In this case, when in the kingdom, do kingdom things. And kingdom folk, they understand they're righteous. Well, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As soon as we start trying to do it on our own, our own righteousness, our own efforts, according to his righteousness in glory in Christ Jesus, not according to our righteousness. Mm -hmm. And yet too often as Christians, we try to do stuff on our own. We forget he'll supply all our needs, but yet somehow we think we have to do it. We have to work it out on our own. We have to, to do everything ourselves. And the reality is that he will supply all our needs. And you know what? And, and again, we need to constantly remind ourselves of the promises. Just before the broadcast, I was just telling you, you know, when we first started the ministry and um, God called us to start the ministry, he told us don't connect with no denomination, that we're to go out and start a non-denominational church. We'd never done that before. And leaning to our own understanding, we were doing it like everybody else had did it. Some people we know just went to the Holiday Inn and rented a conference room. We was doing that. We kind of forgot to seek ye first and acknowledge him in all our ways and allow him, when I say him, God, to direct our path. So, of course, I lean to my own understanding, and I just say, well, they went there, and I went there to the Holiday Inn, looked at this little uh, conference room the guy was going to give me for $100 a Sunday, and it just didn't seem right at all. It didn't bear witness with my spirit, and I went back home and told my wife, well, the guy showed me this little bitty, teeny, tiny room that fit about 20 people, and it just didn't bear witness with my spirit. He said he'll give it to us for $100 a month, and it just didn't bear witness. And my wife said, well, you know what? God told us to start this ministry. Let's just pray. Let's pray and ask him to lead us where he wants us. And, and we did that. We got it right on our knees right there, held hands, and we prayed and asked God to lead us to where he wanted us in this city because he called us to start this ministry. And lo and behold, probably less than a week later, I'm driving through the community where our building sits at now. And I heard this voice. I'm in the car with just me and some boxes because I was working for a delivery company. And I hear this voice said, there's your building right there. And I turned and I seen this church building <laughs> that had was being used at a community center. And I busted a U-turn right there in the middle of the street. I didn't keep on going. And I busted you, and I got out about 9 o'clock in the morning. I opened the big church door because it was a real church building. And I seen the owner in there and I asked her, did she rent the building now? She says, yes, give me a call later. And I called her later and I told her, you know, God told us to start this church. And I was driving to the community. I heard this voice said, there's your building. She was like, oh, really? I said, yeah. And uh, she said, uh, well, I believe I'm supposed to give you this building for your Sunday services. I say, well, all right then. She said, well, I ch usually charge X amount of dollars a month, but I don't think I'm supposed to charge you that. I said, well, all right. She said, I usually charge a deposit, but I don't think I'm supposed to charge you one. I said, well, all right. She said, you know what? Matter of fact, I'm going to rent you this building. And one more thing. If nobody comes to your services, you don't even have to pay me. Hmm. Again, we got an 1,800 square feet real church building. 
two bathrooms, a full kitchen, and a parking lot for way less. This guy, yeah, way less than what the Holiday Inn is going to charge, $100 a weekend. We probably, yeah, way less. So, again, acknowledging him in all my ways, and he'll direct your path. And he will take care of all your needs according to his riches and glory right. by Christ Jesus. And he's able to do more than we can ask or even imagine. Yeah, there you go. But I had to, couldn't even hardly imagine you getting a building for $100 a month. Right, right, right. Why are you telling everybody? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can imagine, but God just... He does exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And he did that, and that's what he does when we acknowledge him, when you come to daddy and let your request be made known to him. And he'll he'll do it. It ain't going to make sense, but it's going to make faith. Because it didn't make sense for her to tell me she ain't going to charge me this. She ain't going to charge me no deposit. If nobody shows up, I don't even have to pay. I don't know nobody that's written a building to tell you that. You rent a building, right? Did they ever tell you that when you got the building? <laughs> Nobody coming here and buy any books. Oh, you ain't got to pay. Yeah, yeah, we own a bookstore. Man, I love it if the landlord said, hey, if nobody shows up, you don't have to pay. You know what? Rent. I have a real estate license, and I've been in business. I ain't never heard anybody say that. <laughs> but it's from God. That's what God can do. He can do exceedingly. He just wants you to acknowledge him right. first. And yes, we didn't acknowledge him first, but when we made the correction and said, oh, he told us to do this, let's Believe that he's going to direct right. us to where he wanted us. I could have been. I'm glad we hurried up and prayed and, and acknowledged him and allowed him to direct our path. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. I knew that scripture. Actually, Richard, I knew that promise because that's what it was, a promise. Right. I knew it, but, we, you know, we leak. We sometimes forget. Right. But it, it, the Holy Spirit is there to remind you of all the things he said. Holy Spirit reminded us, hey, ask Daddy. We asked Daddy, man, well, you know, Daddy, let and, us. And you didn't do this, but I know I've talked to Christians, you know, they took the attitude almost, I don't have time to stop and pray. I got to get going. No, <laughs> you're much well served. <laughs> Find out what God wants you to do before you take off. Well, you in know a what? Direction. And again, that, that's how your faith grows and develops. I learned a lot out of that. From that point, I'm. I understand. Stop and pray. Don't do it as a last resort. Do it as a first resort, a first line of defense. Remember, seek ye first. God right. wants you to come to daddy first. So I do that now because I've seen what happened. It's a good idea to know what direction you're supposed to be going before you take off. Before you take house. off. And I learned that from that. And if God told you to do something, here's the deal. When God gives you a vision, he's going to give you provision. Amen if he that. tells you to go do something, he's going to make sure it happens. And that's going to do it. We're going to have to wrap it up. We're running out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.